our scripture reading from this evening is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 35. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was, deni justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Fourth installment of marriage series. Uh, we've got tonight and then two more. Uh, we've got six in total. We've been looking at some marriage tweets, and I, I think I'm going to make it, uh, I'm going to tie it in a little bit more. So look at uh, some uh, marriage tweets. Um, this is, you know, asks grocery store manager to write a note telling my wife that I looked everywhere but couldn't find the ice cream she wanted. Um, that's true, <laughs> probably at our house. Also, um, uh, my wife, I, I look in the fridge, and I'm like, I can't find this thing, and she's like, it's behind the mustard. Like, I can only look at one level. I can't look at level two or level three. So, uh, that's on me. All right, next marriage tweet here. Um, wife, it's over, get out! Me, okay, good luck killing spiders. Wife, wave. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, uh, next one. Um, this is from a mom. Establish dominance in your household by staring at your husband while you unplug his phone from the charger and plug in your own. That's a, that's, a, that's a raw move right there. All right, next one. Uh, the missus and I have been married so long she can finish with my sentences. And she also starts most of them and supplies the middle parts too. Which is not really funny because uh, if you guys <laughs> read about a, a semi-recent study is that men and women actually have the same amount of words we say in a day, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, a man will use them elsewhere besides home, which is also interesting. Um, you might want to read that study. All right, next one. Uh, watching husband sleep. Me, I, I just love him so much. He's my every husband snores. Me, I can't live like this. And uh, variation on a theme. Next one. Wife, why are you breathing like that? 
Ah, marriage, when you can be questioned for continuing to live. <laughs> All right, now why is reading those tweets, I, mean, I don't know if you'd admit it, why is reading those tweets sometimes oddly comforting? Uh, there's a distinct realization, I think, that all of us wanted our love, our relationship, our marriages to be brilliantly unique. And by unique, I mean superior to everyone else's relationship. And they are unique because, you know, two people, very different people getting matched. But um, when we ignore a, a shared experience, it can actually be doubly isolating. So C.S. Lewis, I don't think I've been quoting him enough, so I'm, I need to get back in routine. Uh, C.S. Lewis has this uh, great, simple definition for a friend. And it's uh, when you get together and you talk and, and you see each other, um, there's this moment where you say, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Um, so just a shared experience uh, can be powerful. Uh, this is the point is that I think we are surrounded by more friends than we actually know because of that shared experience, which leads us to this week. Uh, great spiritual friendships. Great spiritual friendships. Um, so this is where we're going. I'm going to talk about one idea, and I'm going to give you three really, really brief biblical expressions or angles on that just one idea. Uh, and then um, we're going to move into how um, we heal in relationships and then the third one, very brief, is the power to do it. So here's the one idea with three biblical angles. I didn't misspell that. It's not angels. It's angles. Three biblical angles. Uh, and here's the idea is that marriages uh, cannot fix themselves all by themselves. Marriages cannot fix themselves. And then maybe parenthetically um, and flourish all by themselves either. We can't, you can't do it by yourself. So let's, let's look at something that we see in Acts 8 that Maya read for us is um, we have this eunuch who is sitting in a chariot and he's a little puzzled. He's read something and he's puzzled. And this is what's interesting is that he's having, he, he just came from trying to worship in Jerusalem. But I know something about the temple and especially the temple at that time is that A, highly corrupt and very, um, it's like a massive gift shop. That's what it is. Um, but, but also because he's a eunuch, he can't get very far into the temple. In fact, he can't get even get into the temple mount because he's a eunuch. So he's going to go, I'm going to do this devout thing. I'm going to try to see what it's about, but he goes, but he can only make it to the first wall. Uh, and so, um, he's coming back from Jerusalem. I'm not allowed to see this God fully and experience him in Jerusalem. I'm cut off. That was a pun on purpose. Okay, um, so the eunuch is this. He says this, who is this guy that I'm reading about from Isaiah 53? And so he quotes, uh, uh, Luke uh, quotes um, Isaiah 53 here. Who is this guy that, that had no power and he, he couldn't speak or represent himself. I want to know who that guy is. And he was totally humiliated. And there was no justice for his life. I, who's this guy? And there are more like him, but he was killed. And no one in his generation can describe this. 
and, and this is the interesting thing about the eunuch is like, he's like, this guy gets me. It's like someone hacked into my email account. Like what I'm reading here is my lived experience. That's what the eunuch is thinking. I, I, did the prophet write it? I want to, who wrote this? Because they, they get what's going on here. And he can't figure it out. He's intrigued. Philip comes, sits, uh, sits next to him side by side. He goes, I don't understand this. And Philip comes and sits side by side. And he goes through explaining how the scriptures, all the scriptures point to this guy, Jesus, who he was, he was intrigued by. Um, so here's the one point that's going to dovetail with the others. Understanding happens in the context of relationship. Understanding happens in the context, context of a relationship, side by side, talking, explaining, elucidating. Now, um, most of us in this room, we come from an educational background. We're like, if, if I want to understand something, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to get on Amazon and order the book. Uh, I can see it in my own heart. If someone's struggling with something, you know what I'll do? I'll be like, oh, you need to read a book on that. Here, I'll give you a couple authors of books I've read. Like, here, go do that. Or watch a YouTube video. Oh, I, I don't need you to tell me about tiling my floor. I'll just go, I'll go watch a YouTube video. But, but this is what we see in the scriptures is that individually, real, true understanding about the things of God happens side by side, looking at something and talking back and forth. That's one little idea. Okay. Um, let me push it to our point on marriage. Our marriages are not going to fix themselves by themselves. Transformation is going to require that someone comes alongside our marriages for help. One little point. All right, second biblical angle of the same idea. Second angle I'm going to come at this from. Uh, God is forming a people for himself. He is not, he is not forming individual dreams. Uh, God is forming a group for himself. Um, now, most often throughout scriptures, I think we see this. Uh, the idea of God's goodness is, uh, is not really described as this. And lo, um, I shall make Janice great. And verily, I will give Bob greatness. We don't see that in the scriptures. This is what we see most often in the scriptures. And I think Deuteronomy 7 captures this because you just see it all over the place. Um, it says this. For you are a people, and I kind of bolded it there. So you, you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. All right, now you'd be like, okay, but groups are made of individuals, Tim. Ha, gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, let, let me tell you what the emphasis of the scriptures is, is the point is not the individuals, but this people that God is forming for himself. Uh, right now, the all-star game, NBA all-star game is being played. All-star weekend is this weekend, okay? Um, and uh, those all-star teams are first voted upon, and then you get um, the, true, the true stars, like you get LeBron and you get Kevin Durant to draft their teams, right? Handpick the stars. They go back and forth and they pick an all-star team. And this is what they're doing, is they are picking awesome individuals to play in one game. That's it. Okay, and it's really about the awesome individuals, right? They're brought together 
for one glorious game in Cleveland right now that's being played right now. Starts at four, start at 4 p.m. Now, that's not the biblical idea of forming a group to yourself. God is saying this, I am building a people, I am building a group, not isolated awesomeness, I, I am building a team that will stick together and will connect beyond one passionate weekend in Cleveland. Right, that's what he's doing. He's saying, I'm gonna build a people that work together and it's not about the individual awesomeness, it's about this people that work. Okay. Now, that's the second angle of the same idea. Now, let me put that over on top of the idea of marriage. Um, Our marriages are not gonna be fixed by themselves, all by themselves. We need someone to come alongside, that's one. Two, our marriages exist in a group of people that is being formed to work together, all right? Not isolated showcases. And because they exist in a group, they are going to be fixed inside a group. They exist in a group, and so they're going to be fixed inside a group. Um, All right, now why? It leads me to the third biblical expression of the same idea, okay? Um, Here it is. A true Jesus-led transformation in your life and my life happens in a community because I don't have all the tools necessary. You don't have all the tools necessary. Um, Which, it's okay for you to admit that. It's okay for me to admit that. I don't have all the tools necessary so that my marriage can be good. Now, smart people hate to admit that they don't have the tools necessary for something. They hate it. That's why this is good for you to hear this. It's good for me to hear this. Um, This is what Paul lets us know in 1 Corinthians 12, doesn't he? Um, It's that body imagery. Like, the only way this body is going to function and work well is if your part does your part and my part does its part. And it is for me, but it's for the benefit of the rest of the body, too. So, You've heard this phrase from me before. I cannot know Jesus all by myself with the part I am. I can't, not fully. I can know, I can know some of Jesus with the part I am. Um, with my own part, I do help, but I can't know him fully. Not the not the sweetest, biggest picture of Jesus. I can't know him without others. All right, so listen to this. I'm going to be gentle. Knowing Jesus all by yourself in some sort of private, mystical, spiritual union over a cup of tea is utterly American and Western, and it's utterly false. Not, not the full picture of Jesus. You can get your part. So by extension, let me, let me lay that idea on top of this marriage idea with the other two ideas. So what is it? We can't fully fix our marriage by ourselves. We need someone to come alongside, one, two. Um, 
God is forming a people group and team and not individual super awesome better than other people show ponies. Uh, And three, my growth and your growth change, transformation, healing even, happens by me depending on others and B, contributing to others. A parenthetical sidebar, like if you guys are into churchy terms, what I just described, we could just call discipleship. But that's a different talk, so I'll come back from the sidebar. All right. Okay, that was a really quick sprint expressing different parts of the same idea. Um, So let me say it negatively, and then I'm going to restate it positively. So negatively. I don't have the tools all by myself to fix my marriage. Let me say it negatively. You don't have the tools all by yourself to fix your marriage. Now, let me state this positively. We will need great spiritual friendships to not just heal a marriage, not just maintain a marriage, not just to even have your marriage really hit on all eight cylinders and flourish and go bananas and be awesome. No, no, no. We are going to need great spiritual friendships for all of that. And this is going to be next week. We are going to need great spiritual friendships so my marriage and your marriage brings flourishing to anything that intersects its orbit. We'll talk about that next week, but we're gonna need great spiritual friendships. That's my point. Okay, which brings us to this, healing in relationships. We heal in relationships. We heal in relationships, in connection, in community, never in isolation, never alone. Now, um, if, if, if you're paying attention, oh, that's really strange and possibly disconcerting because um, we get injured pretty badly in relationships. That's true. Oh, P.S., we also um, contribute a lot of damage to other people when we're in relationships. But I'm going to stick with it. We heal in relationships. Uh, I'm going to touch on a very practical aspect for all of this in two weeks. The very last sermon or talk that I have on our marriage series, it's, it's going to be 100% um, practical wisdom. Okay, what do we do now and how do we go about doing it? That, that, that's that's going to be at the end, okay? So, so don't worry about that. But... Um, Here it is in brief as it relates to great spiritual friendships. Um, Great spiritual friendships are needed for broken marriages, struggling marriages, new marriages, dead marriages, lost marriages, non-existent marriages, about to marry. They're needed for all relationships, really. Okay. Our journey with Jesus, our journey with Jesus to be flourishing, to be abundant, um, will not be alone. Now... I mean that as I look at a couple. It can be my own marriage, it can be your marriage, or let's say couples that I talk to, let's say before they're, like in premarital. 
I look at a couple, and the Bible calls us one. So I'm going to go along with that idea. I'm going to look at relationships, even our marriages, as one little entity. And that one thing cannot go alone, like our biblical ideas we've been talking about. Um, it's not going to, it won't be just up to you guys or me to figure my marriage out or to you to figure your marriage out. Now, um, alongside of this, great spiritual friendships, historically, yes, the dudes are more resistant to get counseling with their partner. It just historically. That's, that's experiential data for sure, but it's backed up by study data. Get that. But I do think we've seen a change in that, generationally speaking, where now men are more willing to go to a counselor together than ever before. Um, now, I think this is the magic of a Christian counselor or therapist, okay? This is the magic of it, is that it's not a medical procedure. Like, going to counseling, it's not like, um, all right, I'm gonna just, like, the guys can think this sometimes, and I know this because I talk to a lot of dudes. Okay, the guys can think like this, like, all right, just tell me how many sessions I have, and I will show up, and I will go to the se sessions. They're treating it like a procedure. Like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get my cyst removed off the side, and then I have, hopefully, I have four weeks of recovery because the doctor said it, and it's in the chart, and that will be that. But, but let, me, let me show you the magic of, of having a great spiritual friendship, like a counselor or a therapist. Okay? It doesn't have to be a counselor or therapist, but this is what I'm thinking. Um, it happens inside of a relationship. Like a good Christian therapist or counselor, and they are different, uh, but I won't go into that now. Um, it is a person who has a deep, deep curiosity and patience for you and for each other. And not only for what's in front of them, they have a deep curiosity for all of the things in your background that, what, led up to you, and they're patient, and they want to unpack it with care and gentleness. Um, it's not clinical. It's not a procedure. It's a deep spiritual friendship. That's what it is. Um, why is this important? It's an integration of who we are. We're whole people, right? And we want this important thing that is affecting all of our lives to say, oh, I want it to happen within a relationship, within a friendship that knows me deeply and doesn't run away. Now, you can be snide and say, at $150 an hour. You can. You guys pay me, you know that. Um, when, this is the magic what happens is that when you have a, f a third party friend that is a deeply spiritual friendship um, healing can happen there let me, let me tell you my own experience um, Melissa and I have gone to counseling and that third person brings to light things I have never thought about or considered why is that? Because uh, you're dumb, Tim. Well, no. I'm only a part. I'm only a part. And I need other parts. You know, sometimes a counselor has done this for my wife and I, is that 
um, uh, they translate my words and thoughts to her and her words and thoughts to me. Are you guys speaking a different language? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, sometimes they can gently lead us and connect us and lead us to a third place. We thought it was so binary, but lead us to a third place. Healing happens in relationships with, with deeply spiritual friendships. Um, now, I, I, especially when I talk to dudes, I'm sorry, ladies, um, you're like, you can sign up, I guess. I don't sign up with Melissa, or it doesn't matter. Um, when I talk to dudes, I talk about an ecosystem of wholeness. Because, and we'll get this in the week six, is that um, a lot of us can think, oh, I'm really counting on counseling to be the silver bullet. This is my last ditch effort. And, no, I talk about an ecosystem of wholeness that has dozens of friendships. And we'll talk about this later, but I'm talking about individual friends that you can go deeper with and you can talk about sports and beer. I love talking about that. But at some point, you have to have an intentional conversation about your marriages with a close friend. I'm talking about um, a couple having other couples that it's awesome to talk about Netflix shows and it's awesome to go out to eat. I get that. It's great. I will do that. I'll continue to do that. But at some point, you have to have another couple and you say, let us intentionally talk about our marriages together. Why? Because you can't do it alone, and you need deep spiritual friendships. This is an ecosystem of friendships. You can have the counselor and the therapist and the other couples and the individual friends in, in each other. Um, you're going you're gonna to laugh at this. Um, Melissa and I had a counselor, and she was teaching us how to talk to each other. <laughs> and she said, this is what I want you to do is start out Start out by um, playing a game of Uno with each other at night for like 10 minutes and just play Uno. You're like, that's not really profound, buddy. And then, you know what, you can baby steps and then you know what you can do is you can get a glass of wine and you can talk about um, the, the, the uh, big news, two news events of the day and talk for 20 minutes. And then, if you graduate from there, buddy, she might have been talking to me. If you graduate from there, then let us talk about one thing that you were anxious about today. Limit it there. And then if you graduate from there, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like you're building this relationship. This, this friendship is happening in an ecosystem of deep spiritual friendships. Because I'm just a part. And you're just a part. Uh, and then there's a wider community that we're a part of. And, and what we shouldn't do, and if you guys grew up in the church, a lot of us did. We were like burnt out with churchiness and church jargon. And we tried all the programs and it didn't change our hearts. And like you guys, if you grew up in the church, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. If you grew up in the church, if so-and-so had a little problem with their marriage. It was like, 
talk about, it was kind of shocking. That is garbage. I want a church where you're just like, yep, having problems with the, my lady again, my wonderful lady. That was, sounded a little borderline disrespectful. I don't want that. But we're, 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 it's not like, what? It's normal. You got like, oh yeah, it's your turn. The, the wheel came up. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. Like normalizing it. Why? Because we're in an ecosystem of deep spiritual friendships for each other. Because I'm a part and you're a part. All right. Where do we get the power to do this? Um, look, look, all right, all right. I'm going I'm to leave my notes, which is always dangerous because I could say anything I want. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this, is, this, is, this is why Jesus is a big deal to me. All right. I, I don't, you guys, I get emotional, and you're like, should we make fun of them afterwards? Some of you do, and I appreciate that. It means you're tough. I like that. I like that. But, but I, the core of Tim Lee, and I've told you this before, is like, I want to be known so much, and if people were to know me, they wouldn't run away. They wouldn't run away. That's such a core desire of mine. Now you can be like, dude, you're a wimp. Yeah, you say that to my face afterwards, okay? <laughs> I'll probably hug you. <laughs> Gentle and only and all that. But, but um, this is why Jesus is powerful in what he does for my capacity to live in him. Is that when he has reconciled me to God, I'm talking to Tim Lee, and I don't know if, what about your story. And I know that's true. I know that my best performance doesn't keep me in. And I know all the stuff you guys don't even know about, it doesn't boot me up. Like, I'm just not performing. I'm not doing a jig for Jesus just so that he smiles on my life. And because that's true, And it will always be true. It's the only time in my life where I can show up before my wife and say, this is me. And I can do that because that is true. And it's it's like a beam and it's shouting at me the whole time. You are right and loved in Jesus, Tim. Yeah, but what about this part? Yup, and you are loved and right. In Jesus, Tim. See, that's the power that we can have to do and be and go to those dark places in our marriage, in your personal life, to share with those in your... Like, it leads to more friendships. Friendship with God leads to more beautiful, deep friendships, not only with our mates, but with each other. So I'm telling you, if you don't get this part right, this reconciliation with God, if you don't know... I have his pleasure because of Jesus. If you don't know that part, you'll never figure out all this other part. That's why I'm going on and on, and I just yap about Jesus all the time. He always mentions Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, and I won't stop doing it. Why? Because it's the only thing we have.
Let's pray into that. Jesus, you're all I have. And I am approved, and I have a great friendship with God the Father because your work is real, applied, true, never-ending, invincible, enduring, steadfast, not going away. That is true. That is true. Jesus, thank you. Apply that truth to our hearts so, like, we walk into the healing and building even more deep spiritual friendships. May the friendship with you lead only to friendships with others. So, Jesus, do this healing now. And we pray this in Jesus' name, your name, amen.